Hello, everyone, and good morning. Uh, I know it's after 12 noon right now because that's when we went live. This is uh, Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories slash Coffee with Ken, and I'm going to be solo today. I didn't feel like bothering Phil. I don't know uh, if he was up late last night, but, you know, I was. I just got back from Florida. I had a fun time in Florida. It was uh, The weather was okay, but it was great to get away. Uh, I ate a lot of good food. I drank a lot of Coronas. And I even drank some good Cabernet, which is my favorite. Anyway, one of the things I found out when um, I came back is um, Adams, Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams, and uh, Governor Hochul have decided to take a tough stance in the subway system. Uh, this is nothing new, but if you've been following New York City crime, there has been some heinous crimes in the subway system in the last few months. Uh, a woman pushed in front of a train in front of in Times Square, uh, robberies, all kind of crime is up like over 60 something percent in the subway system. And most of it can be attributed to homeless, emotionally disturbed people that are riding the trains or living on the trains. In addition, there are many people uh, and folks that aren't from New York. There are many people that simply are just living on the subway cars. And uh, there's a picture on the screen right there. So if you get up early for work and you got to go to work and you want to sit down, first of all, I wouldn't want to even sit down on those seats after, uh, unless they were disinfected. But this is what you have in many subway cars, people just living on the trains, homeless people. There's, there's in a station. I mean, it's really, it's very intimidating. Um, they don't belong in the subway system. They belong, either get them a home or they belong, uh, some of them that can't be cured, they belong institutionalized. And there used to be a unit uh, called the Transit Homeless Outreach that used to go into the subways. This was during um, the, the administrations before the last bozo, de bozo, de blasio. And it was called Transit Homeless Outreach. And they used to go in there and they would remove the homeless people from the subway system. And the police have the power and authority to do that if they can determine that someone has a mental illness that makes them a danger to themselves and others. And they can bring them to a hospital and they can be evaluated. Uh, many times the hospital in two or three days just lets them back out. It's a revolving door system. But this problem has been a problem for many, many years. And they need to come to a solution because it's not fair to the writing public. When you think about people being forced to wear masks and then they ride into a subway system and you're talking like this is an incubator for all kinds of disease, not just COVID. And th this is the clown here that was the mayor for eight years and literally destroyed this city. Uh, in so many different ways, he destroyed the city. But his wife was in charge of the mental illness program, which got a billion dollars, and it was called Thrive New York City. I don't know what her qualifications were, but the homeless and mental ill problem is worse than it's ever been. This morning or yesterday morning, a homeless guy punched a four-year-old kid in the face in Times Square, and his mother and two other women jumped the guy and held him for the police. And apparently this has been the third or fourth time he's assaulted someone on the street. These are these mentally ill predators that are roaming the city streets and basically society is telling us, politicians are telling us, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. 
No, there's plenty you can do about it. And we're tired of hearing. Look at that. I'm showing on the screen someone sleeping in a seat on the subway with all kinds of uh, stuff in in his cart. Here's someone jumping the turnstile. Uh, the subways have become an intimidating place. Uh, Asian people have been targeted uh, many times, being assaulted on the subway. There's been numerous bias incidents this year in regards to Asian people. And many of the incidents have to do with, you know, the word homeless is really not accurate. People that are living on the street mostly are uh, mentally ill, alcoholics, and drug addicted. And as a result of those three, they become homeless. I mean, many people, many people will say, oh, you're too harsh to say that. That's not true. It's absolutely true. All right. And um, society, politicians need to take a tough stand as uh, Hochul and Eric Adams are pretending to do right now. I say pretending because this has been uh, this has been uh, done before. And I don't know if they're committed to this because there's many people on the other side, i.e. progressives, that are going to fight for the homeless right to live and shit and piss all over the subway uh, to the, um, you know, to, to the riding public to their detriment, you know, and, and it's not fair. And I'm going to play a little video uh, of, of the news reporting on this. And we're going to just see the, you know, as I said, this has been done before. And I, I don't know if Hochul, there's an election in November. I don't know how serious she is because she wants nothing to do with bail reform. So let's take a look at this and let's see if in fact they are at all serious about this. And, and I, I really don't know if they are. Let's listen Chris, to this. Good afternoon, Mary. Well, the mayor is saying today that there are rules for the ride, you know, focusing really today on safety and really focusing heavily on enforcement. He hit hard that the subways, they are a place for everyone to transport from place to place, not a spot for housing. It's the latest tool in this city's toolbox being used to fix subway troubles, strict enforcement immediately. It's imperative that we have the right response uh, that has the combination of being humane but clear. We're going to ensure that fear is not New York's reality. Today, Mayor Eric Adams, a former transit cop, and Governor Kathy Hochul announced they've teamed up to launch a three-part subway safety plan while increasing investments in places like drop-in centers and safe havens. A key component of this plan will direct cops to strictly enforce certain subway rules, such as sleeping across multiple seats, exhibiting aggressive behavior, and creating an unsanitary environment. Also requiring, instead of requesting everyone to leave the train and the station at the end of the line. Part of the plan also includes training up to 30 interagency collaborative teams with police by their side. They will try to persuade homeless people and mentally ill to accept help and resources they may need. This era of working together, unprecedented cooperation that'll lead to real results. The latest NYPD numbers show transit crime in New York City is up more than 65% compared to last year. It really is scary. This lifelong New Yorker says she's never had to be so vigilant while on the subway, hopeful for any change, but questions will the possible outcomes of this plan actually stick? Getting them out the subway is one thing, but actually getting the help that they need, you know, is, is another. 
And the mayor says that this problem is decades in the making and it will take some time uh, for them to fix it. Now, the state will also be investing $27.5 million to add additional hundreds of additional site beds across the state. Now, we're going to have plenty more on this new plan coming up later on tonight at 5 o'clock on Channel 2 and, of course, on all of our digital platforms. So keep it here with us. But for now, we are live this afternoon from... So there's the plan. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're not the first people that had to deal with a homeless problem in the subway. It's not just on the subway. It's also on the street. This is, you know, you look at San Francisco, and is New York the new San Francisco? Well, under de Blasio, yes, it was. You cannot let people live on the street either. People starting to pitch tents and all of that stuff. But let's start with the subway. I have actually, let's call this canon law. I have a 10-point plan, I'm going to say, that needs to be instituted. All right, number one, of course, remove homeless people. You're going to do it with social services. That's a feel-good thing, fine. But if they refuse to leave the subway, they have to be evicted forcibly. Do we have the backbone to do that, Mayor Adams? You want everything done kinder and gentler. But when people don't want to leave, are you going to back the cops when they have to forcibly evict these people? I'll ask that question to you, Mayor Adams. Another thing that they don't want to do, and this is imperative, enforce jumping the turnstile as a misdemeanor. That means you got to get Alvin and the chipmunks from the Manhattan DA's office to prosecute people jumping the turnstile. He does not have the backbone to do that. So that's part of the plan. Governor Hochul can give all this feel-good, oh, we're going to put $27 million. You got to remove them from the subway, and people committing crimes in the subway need to be prosecuted. Three. Reinstitute, ooh, this is a big one, transit anti-crime. Very effective. And they can't be wearing the police vest when they're in plain clothes. Stop, stop dipping your toes in the water and jump into the water, Mayor Adams. Reinstitute plain clothes, transit anti-crime. They are very effective. And when when the mutts down in the subway system know there's a potential that anti-crime is down there, they're looking over their shoulder instead of tax-paying civilians looking over their shoulder. Four. Put more cops on the platform. We don't. We want them on the platform where people are waiting for the train, where these transit EDPs hang out, looking to push people onto the tracks. More cops on the platform. Uh, enforce walking through the cars while the train is moving. Enforce that because that's what robbers do. It's like they go shopping for a victim. So when you see people walking through the cars when it's moving, give them a summons. Lock them up. But guess what? If you don't prosecute, there's no teeth in that. Uh, enforce all rules on the subway. Voila, that's so easy. Uh, I mean, but if there's no teeth in it, then what good is enforcing it? Ev you have to evict people from the system. Uh, there's a, an innovative idea, and not so innovative, but prosecute subway crime in special and a special subway court just for subway crime violators. Guess what you're going to see? The same people being locked up all the time. Uh, here's a big one. This is where you can use your $27 million. Offer subway overtime to all cops. Guess what? Active cops will jump at it. You want to give them eight or nine hours overtime? They'll jump at it. Spend the money with that rather than these social service workers that aren't going to do anything. Violence interrupters, you call them on the street. I don't know what you're going to call them in a the sub. You're going to send nurses, doctors, lawyers. What are you going to send down there? Use cops. Uh, precision policing. Let's target the subway stations 
that have the most crime, and let's put the most enforcement in those subway stations. Number 10, and this is my 10 point, it's called canon law. This is my 10th point. Institute a transit 10 most wanted list and get their pictures out all over to all the cops. I know the cops all have these phones. Get them out to all the cops. And when you see one of these guys, put handcuffs on them. Get them out of the subway system. That was brilliant. Huh? What a brilliant, uh, not really, because I'm not coming up with any brand new ideas, nor is Mayor Adams or Governor Hochul coming up with any new ideas. The ideas are just have already been been used and they've already they're not reinventing the wheel. I want to show you something um, that was that actually uh, was was put was shown two years ago. So this is under Governor Andrew Cuomo, who never found saw a criminal he didn't like. Uh, I'm going to show you this was under him, and he he pretended when he was governor that he was going to get tough on transit crime. So let's 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 watch this, and you're going to see that. This is a lot of lip service to nothing. Story. Governor Cuomo says scenes like this, a jaw-dropping incident where a homeless man threatened passengers with a hammer on the subway are unacceptable. And he's now giving the MTA an ultimatum, fix it or else. Address the homeless problem. It's worse than ever. It's inhumane. It's unnecessary. It's delaying trains more than it ever has before. The governor ordered the MTA, which is in the midst of a massive management reorganization, to include a plan to fix the homeless problem, telling me the blame game has to stop. The MTA has to step up. How do you stop the finger pointing? The NYPD points the fingers at the MTA. The MTA points the fingers at the NYPD. This is how you stop it. The MTA can do it on its own. If they need more police, if they need more social service providers, hire them. It's under the MTA's control. There's nobody else to blame. Look in the mirror. There are no excuses. Incidents involving the homeless have more than tripled in the last decade, many causing serious delays, rising from 254 in 2008 to 856 last year. In 659 of those cases, trains were delayed nearly twice a day. The governor then upped the ante, saying that if the MTA board and MTA management don't fix the homeless problem, they will be held accountable. The buck stops with the board of directors first. If they don't make progress, then they're going to be held accountable. After the board, it's the senior management. The board will be briefed on the new reorganization plan later today. It's expected to call for massive restructuring and consolidation and could result in several thousand people losing their jobs. So, folks, that was two years ago. And that was uh, disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo two years ago, who's the biggest finger pointer on this earth. And pointing the finger at the MTA, the MTA pointing the finger at the NYPD. The MTA is another agency that really is incompetent. I mean, this isn't a reinvent the wheel problem. This has been a problem for years. And it's gotten much, much worse under Mayor de Blasio, who just destroyed this city, in my opinion. And, you know, it's like they have to, they have to do something. And, you know, when you don't, one of the biggest problems, too, that exacerbates this whole thing is when they do not prosecute lower level crimes. For example, and you'll hear the NYPD say this all the time, jumping the turnstile. Almost any person that commits a crime on the subway system did not pay their fare. 
So what does that mean? That means if the police could have locked them up for jumping the turnstile, guess what? They're not committing other crimes because they were arrested for jumping the turnstile. But they took that tool away from the police. Look, there you go. Institute, reinstitute transit anti-crime. Very important. And these guys were dressed down. You wouldn't even recognize them being dressed down. You noticed in this picture, they're not all white guys. I think there's three, two, two African-American guys, two Hispanic guys, and one white guy. So guess what? Them dressed down, they can blend in with the crowd. They can really blend in. Anti-crime, uh, especially in the subway system, is the, one of the hugest assets. I don't know if Mayor Adams knows that. I know the news say he was a transit cop, but from what I, I don't know, personally know um, Mayor Adams, but I understand he was never uh, an arrest-oriented police officer. So he never worked anti-crime. In fact, I think he made 12 arrests his entire career. So he, he talks a tough story, but he, he he's never been an enforcement-oriented police officer. So. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are in the chat that are former police officers, and they know what I'm talking about. Jimmy Calandra, good to see you, Jimmy. A Beth Avenue story. We also need the communities to work with law enforcement. We need a lot of help. Absolutely. I mean, it's gotten to the point where really good people uh, do not uh, do not want to ride the subway system. Rodhound, I can understand we don't want people freezing to death either, but relocation and de detox are options usually. Absolutely. But I think that, you know, um, no one belongs living on a train or living in a transit system. We have to give them an alternative. Uh, I understand that shelters um, are not a viable alternative for many people. They're afraid of the shelters. Maybe we can, you know, uh, the word homeless, though, has, has um, been overused and it meant to um, uh, someone's Annie C said, calm down, Bill. You are a lather. What's a lather? I don't know. I get passionate about this. You know, uh, I don't know if you, you guys know, but I, I worked six and a half years of anti-crime. I worked precinct anti-crime, citywide anti-crime. And then I was a boss in anti-crime for three years. So I'm passionate about anti-crime. I think it's one of the best tools that the police department has that they're not using anymore. And guess what? Put them back on the trains. Put them back in the subway system. They will get the worst criminals out of that subway system. You know, uh, Nancy Roden says, "Don't ever calm down." Well, I won't. My personality is a Type A, and I don't. I won't calm down. <laughs> I'll keep being passionate about this. Um, you know, it's just laughable to see these politicians all pointing at each other. Oh, it's your problem. It's my problem. It's this. We know what the problem is. Uh, Cheated no more. Hi, Bill. I missed the live chats. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is doing good today. Yes, Bill, being passionate is uh, a necessity. Well, you know, one of the things that I like is that when you know um, the area that these politicians are talking about, when you know policing, like the back of your hand, and they're talking nonsense, and they're just smiling and saying, this is what we're going to put 27 million. We're going to bring nurses and doctors and lawyers down there and get these people out of the cell. Stop. Stop. Start prosecuting people that jump the turnstile. That's one way. Start prosecuting subway crime. Start prosecuting gun crime or else you're just talking out your butt. Because if you look. About a month or two ago, I had chief of department Louis Anamona. He was a brilliant police tactician, a brilliant leader. 
And I said to him, and he agreed, I said, Chief, in order for this anti-crime program to work, you need all three components of the criminal justice system working together. And those three components are the police, the courts, and corrections. All three of them must be on the same page. If one of them is not, this whole thing's not going to work. You can get a mayor and a governor going down into the subway system every day. And Adams always goes down there and says, oh, we're going to do it gently. and that It just shows you you never did police work, all right? Yeah, we can talk to these people, talk, ask them to voluntarily get out of the system. But if they refuse, what do we do then, Mr. Mayor? Do we kindly and gently remove them? No, that's where we may have to use force to eject them from the system. Are you on board, Mr. Mayor? Because if you're not, then you should just not even talk about this because you have to back the cops that are doing this dirty work that you want them to do, all right? Uh, it, it's so easy to talk about it. Kerry Schacht, I know that you're a former uh, detective, former uh, hero. I know you're a Metal Day guy. And he's Kerry Shack says, Bill, politicians are the problem. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, uh, whenever you see Andrew Cuomo, I mean, you know, it's like you're know, seeing Pinocchio. His nose is going to start growing, you know. And a lot of the other politicians are no uh, different. And, you know, Adams is not going to have an easy time of, of doing this because then you got an organization called Advocates for the Homeless. And they're... They advocate for letting the homeless people stay and live uh, wherever they want to. And, uh, you know, that's what you're dealing with in this city. Good evening. I'm Maurice Dubois. And I'm Christine Johnson. Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul made their message clear today. The subway is not a shelter. This move coming amid a spike in violent crime underground. And starting on Monday, the mayor says there will be zero tolerance. The NYPD stepping up enforcement of transit rules, including no sleeping or aggressive behavior. Officers will work alongside outreach teams to offer resources to the homeless. But we heard from advocates who say the plan does not address the real issues. CBS 2's Ali Bauman live tonight in Columbus Circle with more on all of this. Ali. Maurice and Christine, the governor and mayor agree that a safe transit system is a prerequisite to New York's recovery. So starting on Monday, Mayor Adams will send police and teams of outreach workers to remove those he says are making the subways their home. You can't put a Band-Aid on a cancerous sore. The cancerous sore in Mayor Adams' metaphor is the homeless crisis in the subway system, and his prescription is to require, not recommend. Riders clear the trains at the end of the line. Starting next week, Adams is ordering the NYPD to strictly enforce transit rules, such as sleeping across multiple seats, exhibiting aggressive behavior, and creating an unsanitary environment. The system is not made to be housing. It's made to be transportation. And we have to return back to that basic philosophy. The mayor and governor's joint plan will deploy 30 homeless outreach teams to try to persuade the unhoused to accept help. The state will also invest nearly $40 million to open 500 supportive housing beds and 600 psychiatric beds in the hopes that hospitals will admit more psych patients. And when we overcome that barrier, the gap between psychiatric and non-psychiatric beds and make it closer, that creates the right incentive to say, yes, let's get them filled with the people who need the most help. The Coalition for the Homeless calls the mayor's comments sickening and his plan a repeat of failed strategies. 
We are very concerned that it overly relies on criminalization and policing strategies to address which is what is fundamentally a housing and mental health crisis. The mayor insists enforcement will not be heavy handed. We're not saying if you break a minor infraction that we're going to put handcuffs on you. The plan is a response to spiking transit crime up 65% so far this year compared to last. And the plan is personal for members of the Asian American community who knew Michelle Goh, the woman pushed to her death into an oncoming train last month by a man police say was homeless with a history of mental illness. She had been actively helping to support and serve um, the unhoused and homeless communities. It's honestly so heartbreaking to know that like I do not feel safe on the platform. But these activists are skeptical the new plan will be effective. That's just a Band-Aid. That's a Band-Aid solution. And my concern is that we have a lot of talk, and I'm not sure that it's going to translate to really effective, tangible action. Officials say there will be a reinterpreting of state law to keep people in hospitals who are deemed a substantial danger. The plan also calls for expanding the use of Kendra's law, which allows a judge to order someone into outpatient treatment. We're live in Columbia. So yeah, there it is, you know, doing nothing. And like uh, I think these homeless advocates, doing nothing is not an option. People do not, homeless people, and let's again using the word homeless, mentally, mentally ill, alcohol addicted, drug addicted, homeless people living in the subway system is not okay, all right? It's not okay. The rights of people that are going about their life every day, and this goes for the street also, Homeless people do not belong living on the street either. They Look, we'd like to get them homes. We'd like to get them places to live. But look, we all know the reality of this. No one's going to put a homeless person in a $3,000 a month apartment. Uh, but there is there is a uh, – uh, Kerry Shack. I just want to put this out there, what you said, a good police officer. Absolutely, force is required. If these mutts were in his house, he'd be first to call the police. If his plan is so effective, he'll be having tea and crumpets crazy. It's a threat. You have to stop that threat. Kerry, I agree with you. You know, one day I saw this video, and when there, there, was, there was this homeless person uh, holding up a train at rush hour, and two EMTs came on the train, and they wouldn't put their hands on him to get him off the train because... This was, you know, in in the thick of the defund the police and that uh, civil servants were bad people and everything. And then some big, tall Rasta goes up to the guy, grabs him and throws him off the train. <laughs> End of problem. But why won't the professionals do that? Why? Because they're demonized if they do their job like that. Once you put your hands on someone in this city, all of a sudden you're demonized, you know. And like, this isn't, as I said, and I would get passionate about it, this is not a brand new problem. This has happened. I got Lieutenant Pete uh, on the air here. This was going on when he was a lieutenant, you know, when he was on the NYPD, all over the city. However, however when you let it fester and you allow people to live on trains, on the street, how about the rights of people. And look, I am not unsympathetic to homeless people. I'm very sympathetic. However, they need treatment. They need mental health. And, and if necessary, they need to be committed. The most dangerous ones, the poor woman going about her life was pushed in front of a train. You know, 
that type of person. And you know something? These people are recidivists. They get arrested or they, they and they put them right back out there. So it's it's really, really a scary thing, and it's a it's a problem. Folks, this is um police off the cuff, real crime stories, um, coffee with cannon. If you're not a uh, member of our, our YouTube or you know uh our our YouTube family, please go on our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell, ring my bell, ring my bell. Also, we have a Patreon for folks that support us financially. We have three different levels to that. And we also have our Police Off the Cuff YouTube family. And you can see the folks in the chat with the green font. They're part of the YouTube family. And they support us. There's five levels to that. If you like this show and you want to see us keep going and keep growing, uh, you can you can support us on uh, as part of a YouTube membership. Folks, I have some amazing shows coming up, and I'm going to try to do them in chronological order. This Monday, uh, uh, you see this flyer here, and that gentleman there, Eric Schubert, is a 20-year-old, and it says it correctly on the screen, genealogy whiz. He just solved, with the help of, with the police, but with him, he undoubtedly was extremely involved in this with his genealogical skills. He solved a 58-year-old murder of a nine-year-old girl who was murdered and raped. And he solved that case. Unbelievable. And on that show also is going to be Lisa Lockwood, who is a uh, retired police officer, a um, correspondent that talks about crime. And uh, and she's going to be on our show. She's a hell of a lot prettier than me or Phil. And uh, so Lisa's going to be on the show too. Um, Tuesday night, Oh, that's going to be Monday night at 9 p.m. Tuesday night, we're going to, you know, we're going to touch upon this. Another beautiful woman, Michelle McPhee, who is an author. She used to be an investigative reporter for the Daily News. She wrote the book about the Boston Marathon called Mayhem. We're going to look a little bit into the uh, Prince Andrew um, lawsuit. He was uh, sued by a woman named Virginia Jeffrey. Uh for having sex with her when she was an underage minor. It's all part of the uh, Jeffrey Epstein case. And he held solid for years. I didn't do anything, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? He's writing a check right now. So we're going to look into that. And I wonder if Prince Andrew will ever again set his foot in the United States. There's a potential that the U.S. Attorney's Office could uh, put handcuffs on him. So we're going to uh, dig a little bit into that case. And then on Wednesday, that's Chrissy Mayer. And she is a stand-up comic. She's an actress. She has her own radio show, her own podcast. She's got 50,000 subscribers on her podcast. She's putting out a um, a comedy album called Live from January 6th. And we're going to talk about um, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, the, the controversy in regards to Joe Rogan and freedom of speech and all of these woke artists like Neil Young, who I happen to love his music, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Joni Mitchell, all of them pulling their music off Spotify because Joe Rogan uh, exercises freedom of speech. You know, did uh, all of these artists, weren't they big civil rights advocates back in their day, back in the 60s and 70s? All of a sudden, they're against freedom of speech. So three great shows coming up, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all at 9 p.m. You guys got to tune in that night. You know, it's so great to uh, come and talk to you guys. I feel like this is my... Uh, this is my ther therapy. Uh, 
Rich, uh, Rich Carba, Bill, I know you're focused on local issues, which is great and appreciated, but I would be interested in your opinion to what is happening to our friends in the North. You know, it's that's a real, it's like a very controversial issue, this whole vax, vaccination and anti-vaccination. Um, I believe that people, you know, you, you hear them say, my body, my, you know, my rights, uh, that type of thing. Uh, my my body, my choice. But a, does apparently it doesn't uh, doesn't apply with vaccinations. Personally, I've been vaccinated. I have the booster, uh, but there's plenty of people, for whatever reason they have that did not get vaccinated. It's um, it's you know I didn't totally want I didn't want to get into that whole story. There's a lot of going on with that story. There's so much going on in the world right now. I try to um, to stick with the crime stories, but you know once in a while we step off our, uh, oh, we, what do they say? We get out of our lane a little bit and um, we go into some other topics. And I, li I like to do that, uh, but I like to choose the topic. I hope I answered your question. Um, Rodhound is all jabbed up. Donna Evans wants to announce that she's vaccinated. Very good. Abby, right, Bill, you're agreeing with me. That's cool. You know, it's, um, you know, we'll, let's hope this whole vaccination thing is winding down. It seems like, you know, there's going to be other variants. I mean, we, are we forever going to be wearing masks? I don't know. I just, you know, when I flew to Florida, the whole thing, checking in with the plane, you got to have your mask, you got to show, um, you know, you, you got to show, of course, your boarding pass. And uh, then when you go to, you got to wear your mask the whole time on the plane, which is not very comfortable. I do that. And then you always have to make sure you have a mask on because you don't know if where you go is going to require a mask, most restaurants in Florida where I just was were much more lax than New York city. I know you have to show that you were vaccinated. You know, when is this stuff um, going to end? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Uh, it seems like it's been a long time, right? Uh, this March, I think is two years. Uh, so it's, it's been a long, long time, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know the answer. So looking at this, again, looking at this whole subway crime thing, you know, politicians can talk to us like we're stupid, but when we know that district attorneys are not prosecuting, what about that? Uh, when Governor Hochul is asked about bail reform, she wants no part of it because she views that as being her base, the, the anti-bail reform, you know, uh, so they, they don't want to talk about it. But guess what? That's important. I've spoken to cops where they arrested people and four times in the year for a gun. And the guy's still out there. They haven't prosecuted it. So all this talk tough stuff on the subway means nothing unless you prosecute. You know, there's got to be a penalty for committing crime. And if there is none, people will do it with impunity. You know, and um, as I said, I, I had my 10 point <laughs> canon law that I read at the beginning of the show. And uh, I think if they took some of those suggestions, I think it's a great idea to have a special transit court. I think they used to have that at one time. Uh, DP Infomist, she says, you are my Johnny Carson. <laughs> Laugh out loud. That's great. You know, some of these young people might not even know who Johnny Carson is or was, you know, uh, Great, greatest talk show host ever in my mind. I thought he was fantastic. Johnny Carson. And before that, 
in my parents' era, there was someone named Jack Parr. And maybe Lieutenant Pete might remember him. R-D-N-A-C, canon law. That's right. That's the law of the church. But canon law being the law of the Catholic Church is spelled like this in the chat. I'll put it it's spelled with one N. So canon law with two N's is still canon law. All right. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit crazy. But uh, so let's see what happens with this. Look, it's a first step to uh, doing something about the homeless problem. And under the last mayor, he never even spoke about it. He ignored it. His wife was given. Uh, Scott Wagner reminds me that the, the court was called the Transit Adjudication Unit. So maybe they should bring that back because people that commit crimes in the subway system, they're usually very unique individuals that love to commit crimes in the subway system. And that's where they commit their crimes. So and that's what we used to use the word recidivist. So let's have a special transit adjudication unit like we used to have years ago. Look, the, the chiefs and the big bosses on the NYPD, the police commissioner, they know how to do this. They know. No one's reinventing the wheel. But it's politicians that are holding them back from doing their job. I love this the, the CEO of the MTA. What a, jo a joker he is. He loves to point fingers at the NYPD. No, you did it. It's you and your homeless problem and you, your unwillingness to spend part of your budget on the homeless problem. So don't point fingers at the NYPD. The NYPD is more than happy to do their job. They want to do their job. But guess what? Politicians will not allow them to do their job. So that's why this whole, you know, with great fanfare, the governor and the mayor go down into the subway system. We're going to get tough on the subway system. Oh, really? Really? Maybe you should bring Andrew Cuomo and play that video I played from two years ago where he talked really tough and nothing was done. So you guys are all talking out of the side of your mouth. Let's see what happens, you know? Maybe they're concerned because hopefully the city will be getting reopened. And they said only 50% of the ridership they're getting 50 percent of the ridership now that they used to get when the city was uh fully occupied pre-covid right so they're down 50 percent. there's no way the mta can support the subway and the big spenders on the subway system uh with 50 percent ridership down the other thing is is that huge percentage of people don't bother to pay their fare they just jump the turnstile because there's no teeth in the law. And I think the master plan is that uh, pretty soon they're going to institute what's called, for you folks from out of town, uh, congestion pricing. And what that means, the taxpayers from the, uh, from the suburbs who drive their car into the city, they're going to be pounded with tolls as they go south of a certain street in the city. And I think they're hoping that I'll cover all the turnstiles. In essence, you're going to pay for the turnstile jumpers, you people that own evil cars, evil cars that, you know, they their emissions are polluting the air, you know. So you evil car drivers are going to pay that uh, with congestion pricing. That's why people are fleeing this city in great numbers and fleeing this state because of these brilliant, brilliant progressive ideas. Uh, Sandra, I had someone smoke heavily across the partition when I had my first job. Oh God. Smoking cigarettes. Abby, Peter, I was born in 85. Uh, 
Guys, again, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories slash Coffee with Cannon. There's the Police Off the Cuff mug. You guys can, uh, we have merchandise. You guys can purchase this and have one your own. And of course, on the other side, we have our, our little term dipped in butter. If you're living a great life, you're dipped in butter, you know. If you're a lucky person, it's dipped in butter, right? So, guys, thank you so much. I hope I didn't um, rant too much today. I thought that uh, I wanted to get my point across that um, the ideas that Hochul and Adams are coming up with, they're not new, okay? They're not new. You saw the you saw the video from two years ago when Andrew Cuomo was, we're going to get tough on Trent. Well, really, what happened? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. All of a sudden now, because people are fearing, and it always comes down to dollars and cents. The MTA is losing money because people don't want to ride the subway. So that's all of a sudden you decided to do something about crime because you're losing money, and this could have a huge cumulative effect on the entire city. So, all right, guys, uh, thank you so much. You let me rant today. You let me talk about this topic. I'm glad you guys joined me. Uh, Lieutenant Pete there, um, Ruthann, thank you. Uh, RDNAC, thanks, Bill, for a great show. You guys, couldn't be a great show unless you guys were here listening. Well, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Saturday. Have a safe day. And it's uh, it's so great to see everyone in the chat. And uh, I'll see you guys um, Monday night uh, with um, Eric Schubert, the genealogist that we just solved that uh, 58-year-old murder. Have a great day, guys. One episode, just singing enough.